Hey everyone, welcome back to Brands That Podcast. If you've listened to other episodes, you know that we often interview founders, CMOs, etc., to learn how they use podcasting to grow their companies and share those insights with you. And as we recorded those interviews, what we found over time was that we still had a lot of insights from the team that we wanted to share with you. Things like how to market your podcast or promote it, you know, different case studies that we could share or how to create podcast strategies. So we decided that in addition to these interviews, we're going to have episodes like this where I sit down with Eric about a specific topic that we cover each episode. So I'm Jeremiah, head of marketing at Lemon Pie. And in these episodes with Eric and I, the the goal here is that I'll sit down and cover a niche topic with him. We'll try and do a deep dive into it, draw as much practical advice, tips, insight from what we're seeing in the industry and share that with you so you can go off and use it to grow your own business. So for example, we had a follower on Twitter who said it would be helpful if we'd, you know, role play creating a podcast strategy for a a pretend brand so that you could, you know, think about your brand in that way and see all the different ways you could position your own show. Or another one requested more content about how to promote and market their show to get more listeners over time. So that's what that, those are the kind of things these episodes are going to be about, really doing a deep dive into those topics. So we really hope that they bring you value. And if there's a specific topic that you want to hear, you can email hi at lemonpie.fm. Um, and a quick note, if you hear any dogs barking or children frolicking in the background, uh, it's because we are recording this one during the COVID uh pandemic and everyone's working from home and we're a remote company normally but we have uh, our co-working studios and things like that that usually provide more soundproof uh recording so if you hear anything that's why um, or, or so, if you're watching the video uh you the, might be wondering what's going on with these guys hair and yeah. <laughs> we've been unable to get a haircut for about a month now so full disclosure on that eric has turned it into a into like a company challenge like we're all just going to go no haircuts and see what we look like at the end so that explains why i also if you're watching the video am have like some coat hangers behind me and things like that in my in my spare bedroom making do all right so in this first episode with eric and i i thought it would be an appropriate starting point we thought it'd be an appropriate starting point to talk about the different channels of podcasting you can use to grow so When a lot of companies hear about podcasting, they assume they have one option to create their own show. But actually, there are four options uh, that we can think of. One is podcast tours. Two is starting a branded podcast. Three is launching an internal podcast. And four is using podcast ads. So in this episode, we're going to take each one, tell you what it is, how it works and what the specific values are of it and hopefully kind of play with who's it good for, who's it maybe not good for. Um, So Eric, you started Lemon Pie at the time, Be My Guest, solely focused on podcast tours at the beginning. So can you break down what podcast tours are for someone who's not familiar and then why are they valuable? What's the main benefit that, that companies can derive from them? Yeah, absolutely. And and this one's interesting because it is something that you may, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you likely are witnessing it happening right before your eyes or through your ears, but may not know that it's a proactive strategy that a lot of folks are using. And this was the insight that I had about four years ago when, when I started Be My Guest, Now Lemon Pie, 
that I was seeing lots of authors that I respected and uh, paid attention to or founders or marketers would would appear on pod, a lot of podcasts that I listened to as guests. And over time, I started to realize that, hey, this is not like a serendipitous thing. This is way too many interviews for one particular person to just have happened to fall in their lap, you know, and I'm sure that some, I knew some were getting invites, but it just seemed too strategic for all of these interviews to be getting released around the same time on dozens and dozens of podcasts. And that was the light bulb moment for me, okay. which was, this is actually a concerted sort of PR or uh, awareness campaign that is being done somehow. Back then, I had no idea how they were being done or facilitated. We've obviously since developed like some really good strategies for for executing a podcast tour, which we can dive into. But ultimately, what I saw from that was that it was an amazing top of funnel channel. So awareness, um, top of funnel, meaning that there are audiences already listening to and paying attention to podcasts that are likely uh, you're able to find have listeners that you are actually looking and hoping to get in front of. So the audience is already there. Um, and that's obviously a, a top of funnel sort of campaign or strategy with that. And then um, the other is the ability to build trust with it. And this is, this is the case for all of podcasting. For the most part, we'll talk about four strategies that you described earlier, but it, it really is so with the podcast tour strategy because you are getting to sit next to the host that the listeners have developed a really long-standing relationship with for the most part um, and they trust so that by nature of them bringing you on as a guest you automatically get this sort of like halo effect of a trust byproduct from the host even more so than an ad and so those two things top of funnel and the ability to have that trust factor baked in where they listen, you know, you can have listeners hear your voice for 20, 30, 60 minutes, and you are essentially friends with the host because they brought you on. Um, right. Those those two things make that extremely powerful to build that personal connection. And, and that's ultimately what I started the company, you know, built upon that foundation. And we've expanded since then, but um, it still rings true today, even more so than it did, you know, four years ago. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, so essentially podcast tours are the idea of identifying which podcasts your ideal audience is listening to and then getting invited on those shows as a guest where you can then come on, bring value, talk to that audience, thereby building trust, raising awareness of your product or your service or your personal brand and inviting them to come check you out if they're interested in learning more. And you you describing like watching this happen um, makes me think, you know, I've noticed the same thing in the media world with celebrities or whatever, like all of a sudden, you know, I mean, it's the same thing that they do with like movies. So all of a sudden, Jim Carrey will be on everything. And you're like, why all of a sudden is he on, you know, all these late night shows and this show and that show and like this podcast? It's like, well, because he has a movie, you know, coming out that that they're lining up to do. So that that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, so I understand the idea of building trust, raising awareness as the primary goals. You're letting people know about you and you're, you're sort of, it sounds like in the interview of the podcast tour, the benefit is 
when it comes to building trust, you're getting to actually bring insights, bring value, answer the host questions, and kind of establish yourself as the expert in your space, which then builds trust with these things. So what would be, who would be a good candidate for podcast tours? Like, so if we have listeners now that are a company that's deciding between tours and production, Mm -hmm. getting on other shows or producing their own, if, I mean, I know ideally they, they could do both, but if they only have time or energy or budget for one, how should they choose? Or you get a lot of people that are interested in working with you. How do you sort of help them think through like, Hey, is this a good fit for me or not? Yeah. The same way we believe every company could or should have their own podcast. We also believe that every company could or should do their own podcast tour, no matter what. And I'll, and I'll break down like how to think about if you could only choose between one, depending on certain scenarios that you're in, which one should you start with? But I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of articulate that every company, every industry has an audience that is listening to podcasts. It could be smaller or it could be larger. It could be a few podcasts or it could be hundreds of podcasts, but they exist. And that's the beautiful thing with podcasting is it's sort of a long tail medium. It's very niche. So like there are podcasts as small as, as small of a sort of focus on a particular topic as you could imagine. And you could reach out if you are a company that is relevant to that audience, even if there's only a handful of them, you could reach out and try to get on every single one. If you're looking to get in front of marketers or salespeople or founders or CEOs, there are hundreds of podcasts that you could get on. But if you're looking to get in front of like HR professionals, there maybe is only like a couple dozen. Okay. But it rings true that what we've seen is no matter really what, who you're trying to talk to there, there is a group of them listening to podcasts. And so you can, you can try to get on them when it comes to the decision on like really wanting to test whether or not you should start with a podcast tour or start your own podcast. We do think that they both play very nicely together. Like I said, but if you're starting from scratch, if you haven't done anything before, and this varies, but I would say usually we would recommend to start with the tour at least for a few months because if it's easier, so you don't have to sort of creating a, creating a podcast is a decent undertaking, especially if you want to do it right and have all the pieces that will uh, capitalize on all the value that you could from the show mm-hmm. rather than just like getting an episode out every week and sort of just hoping good things happen. Sure. So to, to truly capitalize on on it there's a decent amount of strategy and and work that you're going to want to put into it with a podcast tour. You, you really have to just think about what you can teach podcast listeners because that's what it it comes down to. It is not a webinar. It's not about selling your product, Um, a byproduct of teaching listeners and improving their life or business will be the benefit to awareness, leads, sales, all of those things will come from it. But the, the place you have to come from is, teaching and giving value. But once you've identified like how to articulate that and what you can teach, then you just need to reach out to those shows proactively. Um, We can describe either now or in a future episode exactly how to go about that and just raise your hand and say, Hey, I, I have this sort of background and experience and I can teach your listeners this. Um, It's a much less intense undertaking than production. So I think that's a good place to start get a few episodes and interviews under your belt 
And that, that typically and often will manifest into um, starting your own show from then now that you've had some experience with podcasting. Mm. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think, and I think this is an important time to say, like, as we talk about each of these four, it's very important for anyone listening to understand that they each offer their own benefits. It's not like you're really, you know, you're not lining up each one to compare side by side as though they're in the same sphere. They each are kind of meant to pull different benefits. So, you know, if ultimately the hard, long work of creating your own show means that you build an audience, that's going to yield totally different results, you know, different trust levels and and things like that than if you're just using tours. So when people only play the two off against each other, I think that's where they can get into trouble. You just got to know it's like, you know, it's like with anything, if you're a marketer, if you're looking at SEO or pay-per-click, right, you would never in, in marketing they're, they're kind of apples and oranges. You say, well, do we one year from now, two years from now, want to be the more trusted organic result that people find when they type in a search query? Or do we need immediate results right now? And do we need to buy our way to the to the top? And they each yield different benefits. You know, one is faster results, faster testing, faster ROI, but one is probably the longer, the, the more longer lasting and more trusted way to do it. So I think that's a helpful breakdown that you gave. Now you started to go into, we won't go into a ton of these tips because I think if people want, we can do a whole episode on tours and kind of like literally just give so much information on how to have a successful tour. And, and if that's something that, you, that you're interested in, uh, I do want to ask you, Laura, in episode one of Brands That Podcast talked about, she she used the strategy almost exclusively as the number one way that they gain new customers at Meet Edgar. Now, as someone who does this all the time for companies are there you, like you listed a couple and we got to keep it somewhat brief but are there mm-hmm. other bullet points you listed uh, that are tips so you gave one being like bring value it's not a pr thing so anyone gonna do this it's like don't go on like laura said i think i think she said no one wants to hear a 30 minute advertisement right so you're so the first tip that you gave is go in asking how can I bring this audience the most free advice, the most generous and free uh, advice and value possible? Are there any are there any other quick tips for anyone considering this approach? Yep. So that's a major one. How you actually, you know, deliver your interview and the style of your answers and things like that. Because listeners are very perceptive um, when they can sense sort of a salesy, hardcore push approach. Um, it, it oftentimes will backfire. The other one is how to actually like land the interviews and secure them. This has to do with your outreach to the host. It is absolutely astonishing how many cold emails that these hosts get and how many of them are just cold sort of email templated blasts that go Mm -hmm. out with the same generic email template to dozens or hundreds of hosts and the entirety of the, of the, email is focused on you like as the person pitching them like why you're so great that is the absolute wrong approach to take with that they don't care about your accolades or how cool you are all they care about is some some point of social credibility so you can mention like your company or whatever but keep it super short the majority of that email should be focused on showing the host that you know about their podcast and about their listeners with whatever sort of specific personalization you can do 
that is not taking two seconds to do that, that is pretty obvious that it's something that took you no time and you're sort of faking it. And then what, based on your knowledge of their listeners and their show, do you think you could talk about and teach them that would be most impactful and specific and like literally write those out, you know, Mm. one, two, three, here's, here's the top three things based on the last 10 episodes you did, or knowing what I know about your community, some of the top questions that they might have that I actually have the experience and expertise on helping guide them in those answers. Like that is, it really comes down to your approach. Um, it can go from a like one or 2% response rate or acceptance rate up to a 25 or 50% response rate or acceptance rate. It's literally a monumental shift in how successful this is, is your approach with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, having, I mean, looking from the outside in, you know, it, my role in marketing, looking at, at what the tour side does at lemon pie, it's, it's really incredible. It's, I mean, it's definitely work that doesn't scale. That's what I would say. And there's yep. a huge tendency in the marketing world or, you know, in, in any business to just say like, let's find the cheapest, fastest, like, let's just blast this out. Let's automate this. And there are certain things that the moment you try and scale them, they lose their quality and their, and, and I think this is one of them. So that's that's good. That's really helpful. Uh, moving on to branded production. So this one, uh, no introduction needed. You know, most people are familiar with what a, a branded podcast is. Basically, just a podcast that is produced by your company or by your personal brand. Can you talk a little bit about the specific values of that? So whereas tours are really like raising awareness and building trust to an audience that's out there listening to someone else, what do you see as like the main benefit to branded production? Branded production is a little bit more multidimensional than tour. So tour, the overwhelming pro of that is that you are getting to talk in front of audiences that are already built, which is to the detriment or played against the big con of branded production, which is depending on your other marketing channels, you, you're pretty much starting from scratch mm-hmm. on building an audience. But with what you lose there, you gain in a multidimensional sort of pro column for branded production, which is you do get to build your own audience. So yes, you have to start from scratch, but over the long term, uh, building your own audience is definitely, I, I don't think that there'd be anybody that really would argue over the long term, building your own audience is worse than leveraging other people's audiences in perpetuity. I mean, it's sort of the holy grail is to have your own audience. And and that's the benefit um, there. You still are building trust, um, but you can do it in much more creative ways, potentially, mm. than simply getting asked sort of similar versions of the same questions on, on many different shows. Yes. So you may be a new person to these the podcast tour different shows that you're going on. But the your prospects or your audience or your social media following um, or your email list, there's only so many times you're really going to want to send them a interview you've done on someone else's show where you're getting asked like the same question over and over again. Whereas with branded production, there are so many different formats and styles of that podcast that you can use to help your customers or your audience solve their problems in different ways than just the sort of Q&A format of a podcast tour. And further on like the multidimensional pieces is what you can actually do on offense 
with the branded podcast. So for marketing and for sales, you can actually use these episodes that you're creating and turn one episode into 20 pieces of marketing content or take one episode and take some clips of it that overcome objections you get a lot in the sales process. And when you when you come across a, a potential customer who has a question, not only can you answer it with them like you normally would, but after the call, send them a clip from your podcast where either another guest that is in the same role as them at a, a similar company talking about how they overcame it um, and just building trust, you know, offensively sort of with this podcast um, and not sitting back and hoping that, you know, just because you are releasing episodes, good things are going to happen. Like I said, you can really, really take the asset of one piece of audio and turn that into a lot of different assets for marketing, for sales, for brand, uh, and for trust that you just don't have that flexibility with tour. So mm. with branded, you have so much more flexibility with what you do with it. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, in fact, Dave Gerhardt, who, you heard, and if you listen to episode number two of Brands of Podcasts, one of the biggest takeaways I got out of that was this idea that a lot of businesses think that the biggest ROI to a podcast is sales. So if they can't track direct sales coming from their podcast, it was a waste of time or that that's the thing they're aspiring to. And Dave said, um, you know, as CMO at Privy and what the work he did as VP of marketing at Drift even, he said that the main thing he looks at a podcast for is kind of using it as this anchor or this um, it's it's core, it's integral to the marketing strategy. It's the main thing they focus on, not specifically looking to measure sales from it, but just to say, this is going to be a content engine. We're going to record episodes. Then from those episodes, we're going to draw out insights and that will be our content strategy for the articles we write for, and, you know, for our blog, for our content marketing, for our social media posts. So he articulated that the that the biggest ROI, the two biggest ROIs of a branded podcast are drawing out more content. Um, and then I think the second thing that he said was just this ability to build your own audience. And what I liken it to from a marketing perspective, you know, you and I have chatted about this is newsletters for the longest time have been really the only go to as as uh, Instagrams come up, you have you know, people doing things on TikTok or on LinkedIn or whatever, or, you know, even podcast stores. The problem is for me as a marketer, the way I think about it is like any channel that you don't own is either eventually going to lose effectiveness over time as people pay attention elsewhere, or it's going to get more expensive as more big brands come in and flood or pay with ads. And even, you know, even that's true for even like unregulated things, right? So like, Instagram ads are more expensive now than before, right? Because brands like Bounty or Tide or I don't know why I'm thinking of laundry detergents, but um, (laughs) those are using them. But even things like Instagram influencers, which I think is somewhat like podcast tours, like it's it's this kind of this unregulated thing, like you don't pay to go on, but like podcasting could get there at some point. Um, Bigger brands could kind of pay some money to get on people's shows in like a guest sponsor spot it's not as regulated as an ad. So one of the things in the same way, you know, that a newsletter lets you collect and build your own audience. That's the way I kind of think from a marketing perspective about branded production. You know, you, you get to talk directly to them. Dave pointed this out in the last episode, right? He said, like, you only need 200 people if you're the right business. Like if, if you can get 200 of your ideal audience, you literally have the ability 
in a way more engaged way than necessarily than reading an email where like while they're working out or commuting or cooking, they can listen to you and you can literally tell them whatever you want. And, and that's going right to their ears. So I think that's kind of the parallel I would give from a marketing perspective is that benefit. Um, you know, that it, it sort of mirrors building a newsletter and that once you have that audience, really like no one can take it away from you. You know, it's like an RSS feed and, you know, even if like Spotify changes the rules, where there will always be a place to publish a podcast, just like you could use MailChimp or something to send a newsletter. Yeah. And that's key, I think, is thinking of it as a distribution channel and not just like, even as not just also thinking of it as a show, you can put a, any sort of creative audio content you want through your feed as long as it makes sense for your for your audience um, in the same way that you think as your of your newsletter as a distribution channel and you may mix up what you what you send through there as well so um, but we can cover that in a little more detail in, a, in another episode yeah I'm looking here at my notes and I've got I've got a couple questions and some examples about the different types of shows a brand uh, could create, you know, so generally there are five, 10 ways that you could tackle starting a podcast, right? You could have guests, you could uh, interview employees, you could do all kinds of different things. Um, and I'm just thinking for the sake of time, we probably will just break that out to another one. Cause I think we can be more helpful to listeners if we will, you know, I think we'll plan to do that, a show dedicated to this because I'd really love to break down a case study. I'd love to take like a sample yep. company and say, here's all the ways you could tackle this and approach this. So yeah, let's um, do it. We we should do that for the B2B side and for the B2C side. We should take yes. an example company on both sides and think through some strategies that might work. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good because there are dynamics we'll tackle in that one. There's all kinds of decisions you're going to need to make. Like Dave Gerhardt once again talked about like, do you just buy equipment and hit record and just go and kind of keep it more fast and loose and raw? Or do you make it more of a branded thing? Um, do you make it more entertainment driven, more advice driven? So we'll, we'll tackle all that in the future. Um, so we've talked about tours, we've talked about branded production. Now, internal production is a fairly new channel. At least it's one that seems to be gaining a little bit of steam now among some of the more like popular brands out there. Sometimes it's called, and we call it, we call it sometimes employee only podcast as, as maybe a more descriptive way of saying it. And we've talked a lot internally about how big this is going to be in the future. And I, you know, I think it probably will be. So for those who don't know, what is internal podcasting or employee only podcasting? Yeah, it's really interesting. This is really interesting because we're seeing more teams and companies talk about them creating an internal private podcast just for their team. I think if we actually had the numbers, though, we would be shocked at how many companies are doing it right now. But the fact that it is private, mm. we just we just inherently okay. that's that's hard to quantify. Right. But regardless, I think that this is going to the same way that we believe every company should have an external branded podcast, or we think that it would benefit them to, we believe the same thing about internal, that almost every company could benefit from having a private podcast that is only listened to by the team for a variety of use cases. But essentially what it comes down to is a way to bond and communicate with and train the entire company um, whether that is 20 employees remotely around the world or 10,000 or 100,000 employees that go to physical offices uh, once life returns to normal outside of this pandemic. Right. But regardless, it's a private and secure podcast that 
is only distributed to company employees uh, with whatever sort of creative spin you want to put on it. You can make it as secretive and uh, classified info as you want and think would be helpful to your team. Or you could make it as just fun and lighthearted and team bonding that it, it's not necessarily, you know, distributing mission critical, like inf- sensitive information, but it's more so aligning the team and, and boosting sort of their morale and engagement with the company rather than just sort of these HR emails that come through or right. your internal wikis and things like that. You actually get to hear the voice of leadership or other departments that you don't interact with. And you're like, hey, what are, what do they do over there? I don't even know. And then a 30 minute episode, fun episode comes out and you learn all about it and it helps connect you to what's going on in the company. We think in a stronger way than a lot of other options that companies have. Yeah, this is something that, you know, we put together the article to teach you how to do this. Actually, you can find it on on lemonpie.fm under our articles. But it's basically like a how-to guide of like how to DIY this yourself if you're interested in checking that out. But I think some of the interesting use cases are like, like I didn't know before before diving into this that brands like Netflix and Shopify are using this to great effect. Some of them are citing this as like the highest, like the biggest difference maker that they've invested in. And I believe it was an article I was reading about Netflix that they said that they eventually just decided to make it public. Like for a while it was internal and they mm-hmm. said, hey, let's just make it public. And, you know, you've made this point, which I, I thought was really interesting that like it, there, it, it's also a way to attract top talent that if people it's, you know, every company, the culture is such a buzzword and every company can put whatever they want up on the website to with the pictures and descriptions to make working there seem cool. But when you actually get to hear from the employees on the inside on what they do, what life is like, what culture is like, it's much more authentic. It's much more transparent. Um, and I think it builds a lot more trust. Well, again, it comes back to building trust in potential hires who are evaluating the company. So yeah, some of those use cases, like you've said, um, quickly for anyone who's listening would be training up new hires or onboarding, especially during things like Corona, mm-hmm. onboarding people remotely when you can't be there in person, um, sharing department related information. So sales only messages or things like that, um, uniting employees around a single message. So that could be like a just encouraging 10 minute update every week from the CEO or the leadership team. Or it could be, you know, that the marketing team it has a big push this, you know, this quarter focused on a certain thing and they want everyone to be on board. They want customer support to understand what they're doing and all of that. So they do that. And then, like you say, it could be as simple or, or as light and fun as, hey, let's pass around the microphone every week and let people from different departments share wins or what they're working on. Are there any others quickly that I'm not thinking of? Yeah. And, and what I want to distinguish too is like, it can you can have an internal podcast that is external, so it is kind of confusing, which is what you described with right. Netflix. Right. So there, there's two, basically two ways to do this. One is an internal, team only, private podcast that no one on the outside world, without a company email address, can listen to, and you can get as sensitive information deep in that as you want. Um, but still use all the use cases you just described. And then there's the Netflix style one, which they said was the number one driver of top talent into Netflix Hmm. last year in 2019, which was a podcast called We Are Netflix. 
And it was all about life at Netflix. And I, I do think it started as an internal, um, to your point, and then they actually just opened it up. And what that allowed them to do is sort of have an employer, the buzzword for that is employer branding. So like giving people who are considering applying or considering going to work at Netflix versus Facebook versus Google, giving them more ammo to choose Netflix over the other ones. And so mm. they, if they can listen to a, a 20, 30 minute episode about what it was like to make Stranger Things and it sounds fun and it sounds cool and you just sort of the same reasons podcasting works at all is you get to hear people in their own real voice sort of like teach you things and give you insight into things and educate you. You feel like you know um, them. You feel like you know them. You feel like you know them much more than just sort of, sort of reading a website like job board or some other like recruiting material PDFs that you're getting or even videos, which can just feel a little bit more like scripted and produced than sort of a authentic podcast. So I just want to make that distinction between the sort of two ways you could approach this quote unquote internal podcast. I think that both are really valuable and I think we're going to see a, a lot more of it going forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right. So then the last channel that leaves the fourth way to use podcasting is through podcast ads. And anyone who listens to their favorite podcast knows what podcast ads are because they have to sit through them most likely. So this one, everyone knows. And I know that you are releasing an interview with a podcast ad specialist who does this all the time. And you're going to dig out a ton of insight on what, how brands should think about advertising or, or paying for podcast ad spots. So I don't want to go too deep into this and take away from that episode, but we can just talk quickly about the the pros and cons again of this and where this fits into the other. So it seems to me from a marketing perspective that if a brand is deciding between tours, ads, and production, what we're talking about is tours are like, um, you know, Laura had this really uh, amazing quote from that episode that talked about the value of interviews over, over advertising. And the way that we say it, you know, that we've said it on the website is the ads are good but that being able to share your story is just a different thing. So it seems like tours are a way to sort of share your story, your why, your ethos, add value. Ads are the quickest, most succinct way with no friction just to get in there and let people know, prompt consideration. Just say, hey, we created this, you know, that you might be interested in. Um, and then production is, a, is the really long tail way of saying, we're going to establish ourselves as experts in the space. So is that kind of a fair way that you think about it? Or is there anything else for ads that is kind of unique there? Totally. Yeah. And I definitely will recommend, um, I'm not sure when it's going to go live. I think over the next few weeks at some point, okay. the interview I did with, for this podcast, the interview I did with Glenn Rubenstein of Adopter Media. And Adopter Media is a podcast ad agency. He's been doing it for 10 years or so and has helped facilitate like $20 million in podcast ad spend. Okay. So that episode, I mean, he for 45 minutes, we, we dove uh, real deep into all this and how brands can sort of actually utilize and leverage podcast ads best. But for, for exactly how you broke it down, it's kind of how we think about it. All of these are good options. We believe in all of them. For podcast ads, where I see the real, the real benefit, the real pro over the other options is how quickly you can scale it. 
I mean, just depending on your budget, yeah, you can you can get this a podcast ad campaign where you are in front of the reach uh, of that campaign is in front of hundreds of thousands, millions, um, whatever the budget allows that you can scale to that level of reach pretty quickly, which even with a tour, you know, you can potentially get on and talk in front of them for 30 to 60 minutes as opposed to an ad of 30 to 60 seconds, but reaching out to the host, getting the host to say yes, recording the interview, having the interview go live, that is a much less full guaranteed possibility and it takes more time yeah. than just doing, you know, just going to the network or going to the host themselves and saying, hey, I'm interested in advertising. Can you send me your, your media kit? And so that is where I see this shining over the other ones is the ability to scale. What you gain in scale, though, you do lose in depth. Sure. So, you know, it is an ad. And, and Laura's quote was, it's always better to be the content than it is to be the ad. That's, a, and, that's such a great quote. And so it, it's a great quote. And, and I do believe that's true. But the ads do work. Um, you know, yeah. it, it has historically been a direct response channel. More and more brands are coming into it with brand marketing for these ads now. But it works. But it is definitely less effective than if you were to spend on that same podcast that your ad was running, if you were a guest, most likely if it made sense for 30 minutes rather than 30 seconds. The other benefit is you can actually get in front of audiences that may not actually make sense for you to be a guest on that show. So for example, we had a client at Lemon Pie that had an apparel company that was marketed primarily to women and to moms. Um, great brand, love the product and doing really doing really well we started doing a podcast tour with them the only issue was the person who was going to be the guest was the ceo and it was he's a man so there's there's a lot of female focused podcasts that have women as guests on and that's all they have on is is women and they're great right. shows and they're amazing but it just doesn't make sense for him to go be a guest on you right. know a, a, a mom plus entrepreneur focused podcast. And so that could be a case where the only way for you to actually get in front of that audience is to sponsor it. Right. Right. Um, to be an ad on the other shows where you can't be a guest. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So that, that those two things is the ability to scale and then to get in front of audiences where, you know, you are actually marketing to those folks, but just you as a human individual, for whatever reason, just doesn't make sense for you to to go on that show. Okay. As a guest. Yeah, man. Such a good, such a good breakdown. So in summary, really again, just to drive home this point, we are trying to just sort of as as transparently and helpfully as we can lay out the options you have. So really, like this episode. You know, if you already knew about all this stuff, um, thanks for listening, but this episode probably wasn't for you. We appreciate the support. Um, but, you know, really, we wanted to start off with this one between Eric and I. In the future, we plan on doing much more practical, specific ones. But we really wanted to start off with this one because our goal was to do, um, you know, there's so many companies that are like, there's this new medium and it's called podcasting and I want to get involved, but I don't know how. And the only thing they can think of is brand, you know, is creating their own show. 
So, you know, in summary, you've got four ways here that we just laid out for you. You've got podcast tours where you can go be a guest on other people's shows. You're going to build awareness and build trust. You've got branded production where you can own your own audience and build your own audience and, you know, really build trust in a lot of dynamic ways and then use that podcast as your content marketing strategy. Create, you know, 20, 50 plus pieces of content from every episode that you share out. The third thing you can do is run an internal podcast and be able to communicate with employees and attract top talent and unify your team around a, a message. And then you've got podcast ads, which as Eric said, is letting you get the farthest reach the fastest with the least friction. But obviously, you're going to spend a little bit more money for it and you're not spending as much time with the audience. So those are really four ways you can use podcasting. You're not limited to one. They're all great. They're all um, really powerful. And they're each just meant to do to do different things. So before we wrap up here, is there anything else we didn't cover that we should say? No, uh, I think like sort of to reiterate what we did in the beginning is that we believe in all four of these methods. And a lot of them actually help each other. And we can dive in more. We'll dive in more in future episodes, specifically how to approach each one. And we can do some case studies and some breakdowns um, and some real world examples. But I just wanted to mention that, like, for example, just quickly doing a podcast tour. If you have a podcast that you have created at the same time and you're going and interviewing on other shows and you actually say, hey, um, if you liked listening to what I had to share on this episode in this interview, you're going to love our new podcast. You should go check it out on Spotify and Apple. It's one of the best ways to actually grow your podcast, like building that audience. Yeah, so right. people have a place to now come over and opt into sort of the content that you're going to share with your show. So um, that's just a small example. But but yeah, I think this was a I think this was a great breakdown uh, yeah. of the four options. Yeah, hopefully if you're listening and you know th this is helpful to you if you're if you're a head of marketing or a CMO or just a founder and you're looking to get started, hopefully this gives you a good breakdown of which channels right for you at the right time. So thank you for listening. If you want to dive deeper into this, you know, track with us. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be diving deeper into these things and a lot more in the future. Um, if there are certain questions that you have that you want Eric and I to answer, they can be really really specific questions. Um, or they can just be like, hey, talk generally about this topic. Uh, we're on the front lines of this all the time. And literally, uh, we're working really, really hard with this show to just bring as much value and to be as generous as possible with, with what we've learned and anything we can share to help you, we want to. So if you've got a question, if there's a topic you want us to tackle, do please email us at hi at lemonpie.fm. Or you can say hi to Eric at E-R-I-K at lemonpie.fm um, and same thing if there's a company that you want to hear from so if you know a brand that's podcasting or some CMO that you follow that is is using podcasting we want to try and get them on the show let let us know so and if you like the show and you are so inclined please leave us a review uh, that will help us out as well and in the future we'll we'll probably be running some fun some fun stuff with that should we do something now I, I was thinking here like what should we do for if someone tweets at us with a review or sharing the episode, um, I think we could do something fun. Like I was almost thinking we could send them some like lemon-based snacks or something. We'll come up with something cool. If you okay. tweet, if you tweet at us it's with the a review, surprise. a screenshot, it'll be a surprise. Um, 
it'll it might be yummy or it might be something useful to you but but tweet at us with your review a screenshot or or that you shared it and we'll get your info and and send you something cool yeah do that do that and get some goodies for you and the team all right thanks everyone and we'll talk to you next week later